Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's going down. Welcome, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Three Point Stands with Sean Smith and my co-host, Drew. Drew's been a Cincinnati Bengals fan since he's a childhood, since he's grown up. As you know me, I'm a retired 10-year veteran, played for a few teams, the Cowboys, the Chiefs, the Bengals, the Browns, and the Titans. So today's show, we're going to talk about the recap of the Super Bowl between the Los Angeles Rams and the Cincinnati Bungles. Man, I got to record this the day after. I, I'm, I'm, I'm hurt right now, man. I'm hurt. You're hurt. And I'm happy, but not happy. The reason I'm happy is because guys like Andrew Whitworth, guys that when he came in the NFL, he was a rookie. I used to practice against him all the time. You know, he was a young guy. And to see him where he is now in his career, to start a Super Bowl as the oldest lineman, offensive lineman in the NFL, to play and then to win it against a team that drafted you. I mean, that's like a I'm going to Disney World moment. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then also uh, Eric Henderson, the defensive line coach for the Rams. You know, he was undrafted free agent by the Bengals, played a couple of years there, and now to be one of the elite and up-and-coming uh, top D-line coaches in the NFL, to see what he's done and to win the Super Bowl is like I was part of it. You know what I mean? As you see, I tweeted out, he called me in a locker room. <laughs> <laughs> went on the field too afterwards to show me, you know, I felt like I was part of the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's see, that's cool. I'm happy for Wit. I don't really have any other attachment to the Rams to make me happy for anybody else. I love Andrew Whitworth. I'm super happy for him. Uh, but other than that, man, I'm just I'm just hurt. I feel like I feel like Zach Taylor kind of messed messed things up a, a lot yesterday. I felt like we still had a shot to win it. I don't know. I, I don't. I'm not a blame the refs guy, man. I'm. I'm really, really not. But I feel like the last two minutes of that game was not officiated the same way the first 58 minutes were. Well, elaborate a little bit more into that because you know I got guys like T.J. Huzmazada saying the refs. We got a group chat with a couple of former Bengals: Willie Anderson, Tequil Spites, Oliver Gibson, Dwayne Clinton. I need in that man. Just add me. They won't uh, notice. Justice Smith. So many guys. There's a you know, Achilles Smith, so many guys to name, but uh, Rudy Johnson, Levi Jones, we all in the chat. And um, to hear guys say the ref, like you just said, you know, 58 minutes, they let them play. Then the last two minutes, you started seeing whistle, 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 whistle. Dude, I'm not, like you said, I'm not a blame the ref guy either. But part of me says he did, when you look at the replay, he did hold him, grabbed him a little bit. No. Yeah, I mean, defensive holding. No, on, on Logan Wilson. On Logan uh, Wilson, you're saying yeah, Logan Wilson, Wilson held he Cooper Cup? No, look at, look at it from the back angle. 
I've looked at it from every angle possible. I promise, man. No way that's holding. Not in that game. That's the thing. Everybody came at me and said, well, look at the T. Higgins touchdown on Ramsey. He should have been called for that. Yeah, he should have. I get that, but you're proving my point. They didn't call the game the same all the way through. They changed it up well, when it was what, tight. Though? If that's the case, let's take, you got to take that Higgins play back then. You have to because he grabbed, he grabbed Ramsey's face mask. That's blatant. I understand that, but and if if you take that away, that's fine. But you need to call the whole game that way. They didn't call anything but offsides, false start, the whole, the whole that, out of that whole fifty-eight minutes, out of that out of that sixty minutes, really fifty-nine minutes, the Bengals had the game. Yeah, they. I mean, the the, they the defense stepped up. The offensive line held its own there until the 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 very end when it mattered the most. Because if you look at that last play, when yeah, Burrow but he gets hit let by that ball, go too though. You got you got to let the ball go. The guy was open in the flat. No, Chase was wide down. open down. Chase was wide open downfield. Ramsey fell. If Burrow had another second or two, uh, another half a second, he lets that but ball go. He hits Chase down the sideline. But the, the Aaron Donald was Aaron Donald, man. He's the best defensive player I in I mean, football. Aaron Donald's Aaron Donald, but yeah, it's also the offensive lineman for because you don't two try to two-hand punch. Oh, Aaron no doubt. Donald. Absolutely, never, especially on fourth and one with the game on the it's line. Given. But as you see, that's what that's the difference, though, but – Let's just leave. Let's let's take, let's take, take, pull back a little bit. The game was going great for the Bengals, and the odds was in the Bengals to win. Odell Beckman got hurt. Junior got hurt. Uh, they was the Rams was losing guys, and we didn't capitalize that. You know, the problem was I think nobody's not going to put it, and I, and I tell everybody right now. I've been tweeting about it. Everybody needs to check on Eli Apple right now. Hey man, Twitter is not being nice to that man. But do you blame? <laughs> you can't. You can't blame. You can't blame Twitter right now because guess what? Look how he was acting all after they won the champion uh, AFC championship. Oh yeah, he put a target on his back. Pro. He put a target all over his back. Yeah, he put a target all over his back, and now he wrote a check that his ass couldn't cash. Yeah, because he got burnt for that touchdown by Cup. That that game winner was on Apple. Even a whole whole game. I'm not bringing no. I'm not bringing no built-in board material to a party. It's the Super Bowl. Just play ball and win. I agree. I agree with that. Now I was kind of hoping for like a pick six and a win. So Eli, I would love Eli Apple's Twitter if that would have happened because he would have been going crazy. But Eli's been a cancer at every team he's been been with. He hasn't been that for the Bengals, though. He's been talking crap on Twitter, but he hasn't. He's been a he's been a solid player all, most of the year. Like, he's, well, he's, well, you figure in year what? What's this year seven, year eight? You you should know by now. If you go, you you was a top ten pick, and you've been bouncing around like a journeyman. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I understand that too. Maybe you should know better. That's that's a fair point. I I don't know, man. It's just the way that that game went. I, I and another thing. I don't know what we're doing on third and one, fourth and one. These short yarded situations, and we're turning around and handing the ball to Samaje Piran. That's not a knock on Piran, but you have Joe Mixon, who you're paying twelve million dollars a year in the backfield. Why are you giving it to your backup running back, who's a pass blocker, on the biggest downs of the game? Why is Mixon on the sideline for that? Was Mixon hurt? No, he was fine. 
It might have been he tired. was just That's fine. The reason I can think why he wasn't in the game because this tired is my ass, man. No, this is the Super Bowl. Nobody, this, I don't care if you're tired. You better get out there and earn that twelve million and go get me a yard. He better not have been tired. Yeah, you can say that, but guess what? Joe Mixon was trying to give everything he can out there, whether he catches. I agree. Out the backfield or what? He's been doing what he's been doing all year. He had some good runs yesterday. He threw a touchdown pass. And I. And I, even, <laughs> I but I got mad at Cincinnati also, too, though, because you're up. Why are you still trying to throw the ball? Kill some of this clock. Well, I understand not clock. running. I understand not running on the Rams front. But I'm, I'm talking about the last drive when Cincinnati got the ball back with the chance to go down there and tie or, or score to win. And P. Ryan's getting the ball on third and one. I just don't get it. I don't understand why that why the ball goes to him in that moment when Joe Mixon's been your bell cow back all year long. Give that man the ball. He's making $12 million a year. We need a yard to keep ourselves alive in the Super Bowl. Hand the ball to 28. Guess what? Zach Taylor, I coached himself then. Because how I, you not I agree. Call a play on fourth and one? Fourth and one, and you not have your, like you said, your star guy in there. But that's, that's, on the, that's the OC, that's the running back coach, and the head coach fault. That's all Zach, man. All Zach the calls the plays. They call him the play. You don't have him in the game. Yeah. Yeah. That's that no, is 100 on coach. Everybody in the headset, and you know he's not in the game. That's 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 pouring them. And you got timeouts. You can that's call a timeout and get him in. Y'all coach yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And right? it, it completely hides the fact that in the second half of that game, it's like Sean McVay forgot how to call plays. He had a terrible second half, but Zach Taylor just made even worse calls down the stretch, and then the refs decided they wanted to get some TV time before the thing was over. Yeah. Hey, you can't keep saying the refs. What, what does the paper say in Cincinnati? What does the paper say? Man, I haven't turned my TV on. I don't know. I haven't looked at anything. I And I'm saying, like, I know, you know, you and I just met each other, but – you can scroll my Twitter at Drew Garrison and scroll all the way through. I'm never talking refs this, refs that. I, I do not do that. But when the game is called one way for 58 minutes and then you just totally switch in the last two, I'm starting to wonder what's going on because I started looking at Vegas. Where was the money at? What was the line? Where were people betting? Because I, I yeah, personally think that the bet. product. Uh, yeah, people bet, but shoot, some guy, some guy. Placed a hundred k bet and won one point five million dollars. I laid all kinds of bets and I didn't win nothing. <laughs> but uh, you know what's so funny? my my thing is about the bet, NFL. I didn't, I didn't even bet. I didn't bet the Super Bowl. I didn't do no Super Bowl squares. I didn't do nothing. See, I'm in Ohio, so we can't do it here yet. It's coming. So I drove over to Indiana and hit one of the casinos to lay down some bets. But something that I've been noticing all year long, because I, I, I watch all football, man. I'm, you know, I'm not just the Bengals. I, I love, I just love the game. I, I coach football here. I'm actually wearing the, the hat is the Miamisburg Vikings that you'll see me wearing. That's my local team. That's who I coach. So like, I, I love the game and I watch it all. But what I started to notice is sports betting became legal everywhere. There's FanDuel Sportsbooks, Caesar Sport, all these things going out. And I feel like the product of the NFL has instantly changed since that has been legalized. If you really look back at some of these playoff games, especially, where's the money? What's the line? The Rams were up huge on the Bucks, and all of a sudden they come back, Vegas hits. Rams still win, but Vegas hits. 
I don't, I, and some people think that players are paid to throw stuff. I do not believe that whatsoever. These guys, and, and you know, better than anybody being in the league, these guys work their entire lives to get to the league, to get to these moments. I don't think players are involved in rigging games at all. Not a chance, but I do think that refs are instructed to keep things somewhat close. I, I, I think that there's there's an argument there. I think that's something to explore. Yeah, to a certain extent, because sometimes sometimes they have meetings just like in corporate world, they have a meeting before the big show, you know, just oh, like yeah. TV, you have a production meeting. I think they have meetings, but if you go back and look at that crew, what do they call a lot? What what, what do they call it? Do they call a lot of passing interference? Do they call a lot of holdings? That that that'd be an interesting fact that you just said. Go back and see what the, what they've been calling all year, how they've been graded during the playoffs. You know, yeah, I didn't look at I didn't look at them all year. I looked, but I just looked at the that game because up until the last two minutes inside the red zone when the Rams have the ball, I saw flags for delay a game. Cool. I saw flags for you know offsides. Cool. False start. Cool. We got. I was so mad, man. I had my whole family at the Super Bowl party. Jesse Bates picks that ball off in the end zone. We get a taunting penalty because some dude runs off. I don't even know who it was. Runs hard off the sideline. He, come on. How you don't know? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. How you a he wasn't in, fan and you do not know your guy? He come. He comes off the sideline and he has flip flops on too. <laughs> that's that's what I was getting to. I didn't know it was Hargraves because he wasn't in uniform. Honestly, I I didn't know who it was. But I was walking around the Super Bowl party with my family screaming, and I don't know what kind of language I can use on here. But I said, I said we just got a taunting penalty because of a mother in flip flops. Yep. Come on. But see, I'm not mad at those calls. They called those games. They called the false starts. They called the, the offsides. They called the delay of games. All the stuff you should call, that's fine. But then when when T. Higgins gets away with pushing you know Ramsey down by his face mask on a touchdown, they don't call it. There's some plays, uh, there's some plays where Jamar Chase is getting held up on his breaks and they're not calling it. I'm cool with it because they're letting them play, but you got to let them play for 60 minutes, not 58. That's where my issue comes in. Got you on that. I got you. It's just that. consistency. And I think that's the biggest problem with officiating in the NFL right now is consistency. They are not consistent at all. The Bengals' first playoff game, the refs were so bad, the NFL said that they would not call any more playoff games this year. Like, yeah, because they, they, blew, they blew big calls. And, and mean, you know, funny, they, it was Cincinnati game against Oakland. Yeah, not Oakland, Las Vegas Raiders. I still call them Oakland too. So, you know, but so and and you know you know much more about the league than I do. But these refs, why can't the NFL find a way to make their referees full time employees? These dudes are dentists and lawyers and all this stuff back at home, and they're doing it in their spare time. Like, how can sense. the That's NFL good, though that they have real jobs? I mean, they're not dependent on this. Because this is they—they're not depending on it, but guys really throwing the game. You got, I, you got I, I personally think it would make it better. You got you got former players now that are uh, refing. Uh, Nate Jones, he refs. Yeah, yeah, and, and I, I just, I personally just, I feel like. Like I said, I'm not a blame. I'm not a blame the refs guy, but the the consistency of that was just so it was so inconsistent. It was I felt like it was terrible, and I feel like that has been this way throughout the league all year. Like if if a team your team just got the beat, bad 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 luck of the stick. That's all. Yeah, it was, it was our turn. It was our turn to get screwed over. That's the way I feel. You know, if My if we would have went out there and lost by thirty, we go out there and lose by thirty. 
I'm like, all right, you know, they just beat the hell out of us. I'm cool. But we we kind of have control of the game. It's in LA, right? We're in the Rams home stadium. And the Rams have no the Rams don't have any fans out there. They got some fans, but what when you, when you go to fans, I'll tell you that much. It was a lot of Bengals, it was a lot of Bengal fans there. Well, they, they made it real hard for the average person to be able to go out there. Five grand for a ticket, five hundred dollars to park, hotels were crazy. But my my thing about this is when you go to LA and you've probably been out there. The Rams and the Chargers are they're they're an afterthought. People want to see the Lakers games. They want to go to the Dodgers games. They want to go watch USC play. You know, like they're not a big draw out there. They went out there because they got some money to go there. But when it comes to actual fan base, like I feel like that that stadium was probably ten percent Rams fans, fifteen percent Bengals fans, and then the rest was just rich people that was like, I'm going to the Super Bowl so I could say that I can go. Well, so you know, I, I was at the Super Bowl probably too for the parties, and also don't forget one of the greatest, greatest halftime performances, man. That hey, that, see, I, I'm 30, man. I was born in '91. I I was so that halftime show was dope. Like every, but I started feeling old, right? Because I'm like, see, the music my parents told me not to listen to is now the halftime show, so I'm old. But but yeah, yeah, man. They they killed Fifty Cent hanging upside down. Oh man, it was awesome. I, I thought that was great. That was that was the best halftime show ever for me because I feel like twenty I mean, years ago. Why would, they had, well, first of all, why wouldn't you even have that? That's like the greatest halftime show. But you're supposed to let Snoop, Dr. Dre, those that, those are the icons of in LA music. Yeah, yeah, in the West Coast. Yeah, I thought I thought I, I thought they did beautiful with that. I thought it was just beautiful. Everybody. Mary J was out there doing her thing. That's all everybody was talking about. The halftime show. The NFL did not displease us at all. No, and actually, that's the thing I was talking about last night, because when I was younger, I remember the Janet Jackson situation, you know, the wardrobe malfunction. (laughs) And I feel like they got super conservative after that, because that happened, Mm -hmm. and it was like, oh, we're going to have Paul McCartney and Mick Jagger. Prince was was dope. Prince Prince was dope. I I think that, yeah, it was, because it started raining. It was in Miami. Yeah, it started raining. Yeah, I thought I thought Prince did good, but this was definitely the best halftime show I've ever watched because that is the music that I grew up on. I'm a hip-hop head. I always have been. I grew up on Eminem. I grew up on, you know, I was a little bit past the Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg big-time rides, but, like, my, my older brothers got me into it, so, like, I knew what I was looking at. So yeah, when it comes to t- that. Even the Tupac uh, tribute by playing the keys, I ain't mad at yeah. it. Dre, that was just—I just love how music is now. Music influenced sports. It's like Drake said, man. Drake Drake said that in a song one time. Drake said, "Music and sports are so synonymous because we want to be them and they want to be us," and that's true. No, it is true. The lifestyle, everything. You know, rappers and athletes live the same type of lifestyle. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's it's very similar. So the the way that they tie that into the Super Bowl being in L.A., I thought it was dope. I think that they could have maybe. I feel like Snoop's mic wasn't as loud as it needed to be, though. I was a little bit upset by that. Well, you know, Snoop, they probably had it for a reason like that. You know, Snoop was already a picture got 
court before the warm before they what, took off. Snoop hit that blunt a couple of times to get him right. <laughs> right and what I thought was cool was uh, Evan McPherson, the Bengals kicker that you know made all the big kicks, got all the hype. He didn't go to the halftime locker room. He stayed and watched the halftime show. He just stayed yeah, on the bench. He's like, I don't need to be in these game plan meetings, dude. I gotta kick the ball when you ask me to. I got it. I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna watch this halftime show. It was, I yeah, thought that because, was you know, that was dope. Every game he's still been kicking at halftime. Right. Yeah. It, it throws everything off. The halftime's longer. You know, the whole field's taken up for the show. It's it's completely different. So he just he just took in he just took in a free concert. That's why the tickets were so high. You got you pay for legendary witness. I I I I I'm a monumental. You you made a great memory. I'll put it to you like that. Yeah, I just I couldn't swing, man. I got a baby in there. I, I don't got five grand for a Super Bowl ticket. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not living like that. Oh, that's understandable. Whether I have it or not, I still ain't spending it either. <laughs> that, that baby formula is not cheap. Oh, it's not. And getting up <laughs> in the middle of the night to make that bottles. You know what I mean? You gotta you gotta get that routine down. You gotta it's like a chain line. I'm a night owl, man. So that bottle up too hot. <laughs> I'm a night owl, so I'm good. I stay up late with her. Mom gets up early with her. We got a good, good, uh, good system. Yeah, going. Good, good co-parenting. Good, good, good yeah. teamwork right there. Yeah. So uh, I don't know, man. It's just it's it's a very empty feeling because I've talked to my friends for my whole life about how I'm going to act when my team's in the Super Bowl, right? Like, and then it finally got here, and we were just so so close. And I I can't get with I can't get with this whole. Oh well, it's okay. The Bengals weren't supposed to be here anyway. We're playing without. I can't play. I can't. I can't get with that because, as as you know, as somebody that played in the league, it's hard to get back to that Super Bowl, man. Like Aaron Rodgers yeah. hasn't been back. Dan Marino never went back. So when I think about this season, if they would have lost in the playoffs, I gotta be like, all right, we weren't supposed to be here. Good year. We can get better and go. But when you get to the Super Bowl, it's one more game. It's a chance that I've waited 30 years to see. You can't just be like, oh, well, it's okay. We'll be back. Because you don't know that you'll be back. The Bengals season is going to be a lot different last year, next year. Look at Cleveland. All right? There's questions with Baker Mayfield. But Cleveland was hurt all year. Cleveland had COVID issues all year. Baltimore was hurt all year. Baltimore got killed with COVID right toward like the middle of the season. And the Bengals played a last place division schedule last year. This coming year, they're going to play a first place schedule. So you, every division that they're going to play, they're going to get the True. first place team. You got to have a lot of stuff fall your way along with being a good team to get to the Super Bowl. And I feel like Bengals fans, because that's pretty much who all I talk to, you know, when I'm on Twitter, it's all Bengals fans. I feel like they're just saying, like, oh, that's cool. We're just going to walk back to the Super Bowl next year. No, dog, unless you are Tom Brady, it is very hard to get back to the Super Bowl. And that's why this season, to me, it's a failure. Because you got to the big game, you got within two minutes of winning the big game, and you didn't. So all you walk away with is heartbreak and the 31st pick in the draft. That's all you get. No, got you. Totally understand that. So if from from your perspective, you know, from from a former player's that makes perspective, sense though when you come to the schedule and everything. Yeah, things are going to be a lot different. You, you got to get lucky breaks to get to the Super Bowl, man. It's just part of it. Everybody knows that. You know, some the ball's got to bounce your way here and there. No, nah, that's part of it. I mean, but, but 
Yeah, but then you look at it, okay, that's no different from when the Chiefs, the schedule the Chiefs had this year. Yeah. Right? Yeah, they, they, they played a first-place schedule. They played it. And that sucks because sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad because the Chiefs took their struggles early in the season last year. Yeah, yeah, and they they got right at the, you know they got right at the hot time, and the Bengals kind of did that too. They started off kind of hot, and then they you know they they lost to Mike White in the Jets. The next week, Cleveland beat them by like thirty, just ran it right down their throat, and you know they got hot at the end of the year, and, and th- things like that happened. But I just when I look at from from the just the division of the AFC North, it's going to be a lot harder next year. I think Pittsburgh's going to be bad because Ben's gone. They're going to have to try to find a quarterback. Baltimore is going to be be a much better. They're going to be much healthier, and they're going to be pissed off at us because we ran it up on them that second time. And and I think Cleveland's going to be a lot better. I think that they need to probably get rid of Baker Mayfield and get another quarterback in there. But they're they're going to be a problem too. So that's why it feels so bad as a fan to come up short, especially after being that close. Because in my mind, watching football my entire life, I know. You don't just walk back to the Super Bowl unless you're born in a manger like Tom Brady. You, you just don't. So, Tom, hey, Tom Brady was born in a manger. Man, he's special, though. And the things he do to keep his body going, take care of his body, that's what a lot of people don't understand. He so, said he hasn't had a strawberry in like 30 season. years. <laughs> For real. <laughs> that's not even a joke. You think so? No, he said that in an interview like a few years back. He's like, Yeah, I haven't had a strawberry in 30 years. It's dedication. So I don't I don't know, man. It's it's very uh it's it's just a That's very crazy. deflating feeling. So let me ask you, let's shift gears here. Um so what let's talk about both teams. Uh we'll start with the Bengals first. Well, better yet. Let's start with the Rams first, since they won. With the Rams retiring, a lot of guys with Whitworth retiring, a couple of guys, Von Miller contracts, and OG, OBG, OBJ uh, contractors up different people. It's like the Rams basically bought their Super Bowl, in a sense, right? Because they made them trade yeah. that half, halfway through the season, during the trade deadline. And they made trades to win now, and they did that. So you can't be mad at them for that. But with them losing a lot of guys, do you see the Rams being back in the playoffs and and, 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 and repeating, making it back? I think, and, and me and some of my friends were talking about this because I said, you know, if the Bengals lose, their future looks a little bit better than if the Rams were to lose. Now, obviously, everything that they did paid off with the Super Bowl. It's Super worth Bowl. it. But if they, if they would have lost – my thing was they gave away all their draft picks. They've got all these big contracts that they got to take care of, but that's not a that's not a conversation now. They won. It was worth it. If you told me the Bengals will trade away everything and spend every dollar that they got to get a Super Bowl, but they might be down for the next five years, I'm going to take it every time. So mm-hmm. I think that they're going to be right in it. I think, you know, Vaughn finally got his ring. I think he'll probably find a way to stay. Um, it's going to be interesting to see – what they think about Odell Beckham coming back because his contract expires, but he tore his ACL last night. That's come out. So he's coming off two ACL tears in a matter of two years. 
Um, I, I think he bounced back. He's just like Thomas Davis from Carolina Panthers. I love Thomas Davis, man. He was awesome. Uh, and he very well may. I'm just wondering, you know, how much are the Rams going to invest in him? And I think that he is going to get his first real chance at free agency, you know, because he was traded from the Giants. To Cle- he never wanted to go to Cleveland. He Cleveland was never good enough for Odell Beckham. That's just the way it is. He wanted, he, he's, he's a big name. He needs a big market. He was, Cleveland was always too small for him. But so I, I don't see any reason why the Rams wouldn't be back in it. I think, you know, Whitworth was a cool story more than he was a cornerstone left tackle for them. Obviously, they have to find that now. Um, I think well, Von- they got some guys uh, on the roster, I believe. Yeah. Uh, they got Bobby Evans, the Walworth uh, kid. Uh, they got a couple of guys young, but like anybody else, they probably draft an offensive lineman. Yeah, and I, I think that I think the Rams are going to be in it in the NFC for for a while. I you know Stafford did what he had to do. Um, Cup is Cooper Cup's going to continue to be an animal. He's going to continue to be you know one of the best receivers in football, if not the best. Um, yes. Aaron Donald's going to be all, Aaron Donald best because he triple crowned everything. So man, he got two hundred and twenty. This is before the Super Bowl, so it's it's more now. Going into the Super Bowl, he had two hundred and twenty targets. If if Jamar Chase got two hundred and twenty targets, he would have done the same thing. I'm just putting that out there. Um, I'm not knocking him for getting the targets though, because he he, oh, he takes advantage facts. of them. I'm not going to knock him for for getting the targets because he takes advantage of them. But yeah, so those guys are going to be there. Aaron Donald's always, you know, he's going to be. I've never seen a football player like Aaron Donald. He's seven eleven. He's always open. Yeah, especially at the very, very last moment when he's hitting Burrow, when you know he was trying to get that fourth and one, and he came through in the biggest moment, like the best player, defensive player in football, is supposed to do. So the Rams are going to be in it. Um, I, I don't know. I, I was just talking about how hard it is to get to the Super Bowl. I don't. I'm not going to say that they're going to walk back to the Super Bowl in a division with Aaron Rodgers out there, and you know all of the the. The the Brady thing, I guess, is gone because he's hanging it up. So the AFC, I think, is where it's loaded. But I, I think the Rams will be in the mix for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think next year you have the Chiefs. Baltimore will probably be a contention. You know, if they, like you said earlier, the COVID situation kind of messed them guys up. Um This is going to be interesting with the AFC, you know, with all the new head coaches. Yeah, I think, I mean, um, you look at the AFC, man. Free agency. Free agency is going to be able to tell who free agency on paper. and see what. Rams looked good on paper from the beginning of the season when they got Stratford. Everybody said they was the picks. People picked them from the beginning. Yeah, yeah, and they they, they came through with it. It just makes it seem so sad because Jeff got – Go ahead. Yeah, but it just makes me – it makes me so crazy now because was Matthew Trafford the missing piece because Jeff got got them there a couple years ago and he couldn't finish finish the game. Yeah, Jared Goff got them there and they scored three points. You know, I mean, they were playing a Bill Belichick defense, but – Stafford is definitely the difference. I mean, I've never been a huge Matthew Stafford fan because – I. I know he was in Detroit, and I know that you know you can say a lot of things about the Lions, but that man had had three playoff games with Calvin Johnson. You got to win one of those. Um, but he came out and he won four in L.A. his first year. So 
you can't say, you know, that the trade wasn't worth it because they, they got a ring on now. Um, so I think that he's going to be in it, but he's in year 13. How much longer does he got? But I think he's got another few years of being able to make every throw on the football field. They're going to surround him with weapons and, and it all paid off for him. So I, I don't think they're going anywhere. I'm not going to say, you know, they're not my pick to win the Super Bowl next year or anything yet, but they're, they're going to be right in the thick of it because they've, they've gambled and it's paid off for him. You know, they mortgaged the house. Sean McVay's never going to make a first round pick. It seems like, but it, it all became worth it last night. So I can't knock them for it. Gotcha. All right. Let's switch it over to the, the bangos, the jungle. <laughs> it was rumbling in the jungle for 58 minutes <laughs> out of 60 minutes over the, over the weekend and Super Bowl, great Super Bowl. But let's, let's hit. We all know that the Bengals are going to free agency address the offensive line and free agency in the draft. They have to. Well, here's the thing, man. I personally, so I live in Dayton, which is right near Centerville. And last year, so mm-hmm. this is kind of, this is kind of where I got my little Twitter follower audience. Um, I actually was in communication throughout free agency with Joe Tooney's sister. And Joe Tooney wanted to be a Cincinnati Bengal last offseason. He wanted to sign in Cincinnati, and now he's a chief because the Bengals don't value the guard position enough to make him the offer. Well, they never, he, you got to think about it. They never have from even when I was playing there. Bobby Williams, Nate Livens, they let Nate Livens leave, go sign a big deal with uh, the Cowboys, Kevin um, Zeitler, Eric Steinbach. Steinbach left with me in free agency, and we went to both went to Cleveland. The, yeah, you, you know, I mean, it said it shows a lot too. Mike Brown, Kenny, Troy, you know, Duke Tobin, all them over there, and the Bengals do a good job, but they're cheap. They undervalue see, everybody. I I feel like that's changing a little bit because they spent two hundred fifty million dollars on the defense, and the defense is why they played last night. But when they say because I was. I'm on Twitter like, yo, I'm talking to somebody like if there was an emergency in Joe Tooney's life, he would call this woman that I'm speaking directly to, right? Like I'm getting good information. He wants to be here. And everybody's like, oh, well, the Bengals don't value the guard position. They don't value the guard position. Guess what? The guard position is the reason why they had the worst line in football this year. The guard was the weak spot all year. They rotated guys in and out. They couldn't figure it out. None of them were good enough. They don't value the guard position in free agency. They lost that game last night because they don't value the guard position. So that's my frustration. They got money. They got about $50 million in cap, and that's before cutting Trey Waynes, which I think that they should. Dude makes $17 million a year. I think he played four games, five games for the Bengals. He's got to go. So they're, they're going to have the money to do it. But see this, and this is the other thing. They haven't been good at drafting offensive linemen for a very long time. Since Whitworth left in 2016, they spent more money trying to replace Andrew Whitworth than it would have cost to just pay him and keep him in Cincinnati where he wanted to stay. Yeah, because if what they, I, go cheap and, they go cheap and try to find guys when it's not that you got to pay guys. Yeah, you, you, you have to. And man, Come on, two years in know. a row. Two years in a row, and Cincinnati almost had a scare with Burrow getting hurt in the game. Yeah, yeah, he was laying there grabbing his knee. His mom, you see the reaction, see how everybody was looking like, oh, man, he's done. So so this is my thing, though. 
since since Whitworth left, and they had that line where they had you know the Whitworths and and, and you know Big Willie was in in town, and and you know those good lines when the Bengals were you know almost breaking through that playoff drought, they had good lines. But since then, they haven't drafted well. Jonah Williams is starting at left tackle. He's nothing he more than solid. And he yeah, and he was and he was Von Miller had his number in the second half last night. Jonah Williams should be playing right tackle. But th- my point is they don't draft offensive yeah, linemen well. So. So what 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 I think should happen, since they just can't figure out how to draft the good linemen, take your thirty first overall pick that you walk away with, and go try to trade for somebody. Trade your first round pick for a good offensive lineman. Like the Saints got a couple guys that maybe they may be looking to get rid of because they're in salary cap hell down there, or you know, kind of like the Chiefs did with Orlando Brown or, or whatever. You got to pay these guys that you know are good, pay proven free agent offensive linemen, whoever's out there, or start working the phones and trade your draft pick and something, you know, whatever else to get a couple good offensive linemen in there. And then you've got a team that's going to be in it every year. Until then, you're going to risk giving Joe Burrow the, the Tim Couch, David Carr treatment. Because that, that's still a thing. Just because they made the Super Bowl, you can ruin a quarterback by getting him sacked 56 times in a year. Mm-hmm. It's just it's organizational awareness to me. My thing is, okay. You could do more than ruin. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He could He could pull a Carson Palmer and say, you know what? Trade me or I'm hanging it up. So I I think that they need to be more aware of themselves as an organization and say, look, for whatever reason, yeah. our scouting department, you know, That'd Duke Tobin, whoever, they're also, not hitting I mean, on these offensive linemen. So go get guys that are good. Go get guys you know that can play football because they've done it on other teams. Cut the check, send the draft pick, go get proven vets, and let's run this thing for ten years. Gotcha. Not, nah, but. You could do all of that. You're right. The thing is, are they going to do that? I feel like they have to, man, because they they spent the money on the defense. You know, they they've done a lot of stuff to to modernize themselves and, and answer the bell. But I, when I look at this season and what Joe Burrow was able to do behind that line with Jamar Chase, with T. Higgins, with Tyler Boyd, with Joe Mixon, I think even the cheapest, dumbest front office in the NFL would have to look at this season and be like, man, we really got to get this kid some protection. I don't know how that they can look back at this season and think anything else other than priority number one is protect protect Joe Burrow at all costs, no matter what we have to do. At, by any means, we're going to project protect Joe Burrow this offseason. I just don't know how that they can have any other plan in mind and quit with the bullshit. I'm sorry for the language, but quit with the, the, the BS of I don't, I don't value the guard position because you better value it because the guard position is the reason you came up 30 seconds short of a Super Bowl or whatever it was. No, but you have to, you, you have to do that. You, 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 you have you, to, you, you have to, the cheapest on it. If they don't, some may right. Exactly. There's, there's, there's no excuse you know for it. Some may right. They, they've made a lot of strides to get, they, they've made a lot of strides to look like an organization that's trying to win. So this is the next step. Prove it to me now. You got us here. Well, you know, now I mean, what do you got for me really now? They grinded when it was at the senior bowl too when Zach Taylor took over. You know what I mean? They really grinded at the senior bowl and, 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 and they built the roster up, the bottom half of the roster up. But you got backups playing 
in starting roles that's not ready to be in a starting role just yet. Yeah, Isaiah Still Prince grooming. started Isaiah Prince started at right tackle every game in the playoffs. He's terrible. He's he's horrible. He's horrible, but guess what? Y'all gonna pay pay him to stay. Watch. I Watch. and see that's the thing. Now Riley Reef, before he got hurt, he was a, he was playing good at right tackle. But I've said since the moment they signed Riley Reef last offseason, he's up there in age. He's nothing but a band-aid. He's a okay, I'll play it. For, I can get you by for a year or two type guy. They need to go find the guy that's going to say, okay, I think personally, I think that they should find the left tackle of the future and say, I'm going to project Joe Burrow's blindside for 15 years, whoever that is. I think they need to kick Jonah to right tackle because he played both at Alabama. I think he should be back at right tackle. And I think Riley Reef should come back and move into right guard because I think that he could play well at guard. He's strong enough and he has the good footwork. So if you kick Jonah to right tackle where I think he'll be better, put Riley Reef at guard, at right guard, fix that problem because it was a it was a disaster all year. They drafted Jackson Carmen in the second round, and for whatever reason, he could never find the field. Um, if they keep their draft pick, I hope that center Lindebaum from Iowa is there at thirty one. But I would be okay with yeah, him trading I was it away. To say that everybody's talking about him, but he's coming off he's coming off surgery too, though. Yeah, yeah, but he's. He's the real deal, but I, I'm I'm in the camp of let's trade that 31st pick for a proven offensive line, a proven guard, because they can fix this thing and, and have a hell of a team for a few years. But my thing is they don't draft them very well, and they don't seem to value them. Something's got to give. I don't think the scouting department's going to magically discover a better way to draft offensive linemen. So go spend the money, spend the draft capital, go get me a dude that I know is good because he's on a team that wants to get rid of him for whatever reason, and let's run. That's where I'm at. No, most definitely. Most definitely, but it's, it's going to be interesting to see what what they do. I, 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 I think overall, the Bengals, do they have a shot of making a playoffs next year? Yeah. I think they make the shot. I think both teams make, make to the shot, but I don't think they would be neither one of them will repeat, repeat, will make it to the Super Bowl. They'll make the playoffs, but they won't make it to the Super Bowl. It, it's it's hard to do it, man. Like I, I can't sit here as the Bengals are currently in, constructed and say they'll be back in the Super Bowl next year. I can't because no, because you got to think about it. The AFC up out of my ten year career, what six and a half of my years was in the AFC North. That's still one of the hardest divisions. Yeah, and it's always going to be made, Pittsburgh made the playoffs too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Baltimore almost made it, too. You almost had three teams from one division in, 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 in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And the, the, the AFC North will be that way forever because, like, the best organizations in the AFC North are Pittsburgh and Baltimore. Cleveland's been a train wreck of an organization. They're starting to get things, you know, more figured out. Yeah, Cincinnati's been a historically bad organization. Baker Mayfield's not the future of the Browns. He's not, and they got to realize that. And I think that they do. But for what yeah, I'm saying is – sign his, uh, his option. Yeah, the fifth – yeah. No, they did. But right. They didn't pick up his option. They did. Yeah, they did pick up his fifth year. Um, But that's or the thing did. about it, though. Yeah, it, it, I think it's like $18 million for a quarterback. It's not terrible. But when I look at the division from an organizational standpoint, the two best organizations in that division are Pittsburgh and Baltimore. Pittsburgh's going to figure it out. 
they may have a down year, you know, with Ben out and all this stuff, but they're going to figure it out. And rookie windows, man. Burrow's on a rookie contract. When that's over with, he's going to get paid. Jamar Chase is on a rookie contract. When that's over with, he's going to get paid. You have a small window of these rookie contracts when you have guys that are this good that you have to capitalize on and you have to put the chips down and go all in like the Rams did with Goff. They did that in his rookie contract window. you got to do that now, and it's going to start with the offensive line. They need another interior pass rusher, too. I don't know how long. If they don't dress the offensive line immediately free agency, when that clock hits, that means they're not trying to win. Yeah, but and they need an it they need another you know, interior. Though, you know, the, even, but it also no, you know, with them being cheap as fuck. Guess what? They still was able to advance this year as far as they did. Right. Yeah. Right. And that's I mean that's there's cool. No, there's no more victories, but I'm just saying in general for them to have that. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's that's to get all, all of that to have. But see, as a Bengals fan, that's what scares me. Because Mike Brown would be like, "Oh, well, I was I'm talking from experience and seeing how they think. They haven't changed the way they think, and they're gonna—they're not. And that's why I felt like last night was such a big deal. The Bengals always put band aids over stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly what it is. Yeah, that's that's what I thought Riley Reef was. It's a band aid. It's not a it's not a ten year solution. Yep. I think I think you know, the Bengals I, I need can, a, they draft. I think they should draft a tight end. Yeah, I think like a tight end would be. Huh? Yeah, I think a tight end would be good. I think you draft a tight end. I think you draft an O lineman, a tight end, wide receiver. Always need some DB help and a linebacker. I think that they need one of the biggest things they need on defense is an interior pass rusher. DJ Reader is one of the best nose tackles in the game, but he's a nose tackle. They need like a three technique, like like Geno Atkins was. Actually, man, how long would it take you to get back in playing shape? Um, shit, never because I'm not. <laughs> come on, man, come, come. We need some help. Come, come back and play the D line for us again. Nah, that's, that's, <laughs> that, you couldn't pay me to do that. <laughs> Do I miss the locker room and the camaraderie? Yeah. And traveling? All other? No. I'm good. Uh, <laughs> the thing is, it's going to be some interesting D-linemen coming up in the draft this year, too, though. So, so it's a lot yeah, of guys that could, could fit fit that they, that you don't got to get in the second round. It's going to be a lot of guys that you make get in the third, fourth, fifth round. Guys like Jaden Peavy from Texas A&M. Um... It'd be a good three technique. Um, the kid from UConn, D tackle from UConn, he's pretty good. It's 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 a lot of guys that that you could be able to get away with and be able to get a ten year career out of like guys like, like Domitai Peckle that played for a long time for the Bengals. You know yeah. what I'm saying? When you, it's all about drafting right. And that's when one of the things right, I'm looking for. That'd be good, man. I, I think. Yeah, most definitely. I'm looking forward. They draft right, everything will be good. And that's one thing I'm looking forward to speaking with you about as we do more episodes because I know you're involved in the Senior Bowl. I know you're involved with a lot of these guys that are coming into the draft that you work with and stuff. So I think that 
you know, I think that that'll be one of the enjoyable things of us doing this show is to kind of get your insight from, you know, a, a player's perspective and somebody that's really still very involved in the game and the draft process. And, you know, I can kind of bounce my ideas as just like a, a fat dude in Ohio that likes to watch football. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, as we as this goes, man, we're going to continue to grow. You know what I mean? This is the first episode of the Sean Smith three-point stance with my guy Drew Garrison. You know, we, we, we're on the up-and-coming, and, you know, we're going to have more topics, talk about different things. Uh, we just wanted to do the Super Bowl recap, and um, it was pretty good, you know, for our first episode. I think it was cool. We got a lot of a lot of a lot of good conversation and details and um probably missed on some points but hey what the hell that's why it's our podcast and not nobody else's right (laughs) (laughs) that's why we're not on the radio yeah that's why we're not on the radio too much rules man if that's the case (laughs) we might as well go back to school (laughs) right (laughs) but you know overall uh, i mean today's actually the first day of off season really because it's a new season now yeah, clock starts now, man. What are you doing to win it next year? That's what every every team's asking. Every single team in the league needs to be thinking today. Yep. What can I do and to get there? Dropping a highlight video talking about we're next. Right. Yep. Yep. That's that's the fun of it. So, yeah, man. I think I, I think we covered everything for today, right? So uh, we'll, we're going to do another one next week. We'll get you know into some more off season talk and and Most. like I said, man, I can't wait. I can't wait to get your insight on, you know, the, the off season progress and, and, and the pre-draft workouts and all the stuff that you got your hands in. Cause I know you are working your ass off, off these microphones to, to get things going. And so I, I look forward to learning a little bit more about that. Oh yeah, most definitely, man, man. Once again, man, thank you for everybody tuning in, listening to the Sean Smith Three Point Stance with Drew as my co-host, man. Today we hit it off with a banger with the Bengals losing the Super Bowl to the L.A. Rams. It was a tough one, but guess what? Thanks for listening. We'll come back next week and tune in for updates of the progress of the offseason as an NFL player. Yes, sir. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.